Google is changing the game by teaming up with The Athletic to double its coverage of women's sports in 2023. Through this sponsorship initiative, The Athletic will dedicate more staffing and resources to focus on women's professional sports, allowing them to cover not only essential in-season games and match highlights, but broaden their coverage to include more in-depth reporting and analysis of key moments in athletes. In the second series of the program, Journey to the Cup, follow along as the biggest stars on the pitch prepare for their moment to shine at the 2023 Women's World Cup. This sponsorship is the latest among Google's efforts to increase representation and coverage of women's sports. Google and The Athletic, changing the game. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now, enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about learning. As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the latest PS5, your weekly dosage of all the goodness in the PS5 news world. I'm your host, Mr. Alex Sylvester, and with me as always is Mr. Sonny Segura. What's up, man? Guten Tag, everybody. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's goodbye. Konnichiwa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it going, man? All good, mate. All good. I am excited. I feel like it's been weeks since we've done like a normal formatted episode for the listeners, you know, bringing them all the latest news. We've been doing like so many random episodes, so it's exciting to get back into the normality of things. It is. And uh, yes, uh, just, yeah, speaking of that, running off that, you know, we're doing our little rollovers. Uh, the game of uh, the uh, episode, uh, which we did, uh, was it last week? Um it's, it's getting rave reviews, everyone. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go and log into it and uh, get your weekly dosage of that because it's a very, very fun episode. And we've also got uh, Demi as well, giving her thoughts, uh, two pence, cents, and whatever else. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I look forward to doing another one of those. Uh, but yeah, we're back with another with another week. Oh my gosh, and we're going to get into all the excitement this week because we've been anticipating this week for the longest period, and mainly because of this first item right here, which is The Last of Us HBO Episode 1. Yes, it was launched. We're going to dive into that. But before we get into that, oh no, sorry, after that, we're going to dive into the DICE Awards, the nominations that have actually come out. Um, we're also going to talk about Hogwarts, the updates for the game have also come out, some interesting uh, details there. And it may be a new year, but that does not mean we've stopped talking about the Activision drama, the only drama anyone's paying attention to now uh, <laughs> in the world. They need their own Netflix show <laughs> at this rate. I swear this day, it needs a fucking documentary. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, oh man, it needs a Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, we love to hear you as, from you as always. Uh, but yes, um, before we get into all that good stuff, what have you been playing, mate? 
Um, okay, so we spoke about it briefly before we came on air. I have been in gaming daddy mode. So I have literally been working and then having kids activities and just no time for games. So I have literally decided to myself over Christmas and everything, I sacrificed throughout January, like two hours of potential sleep just to catch up with my own shit, you know what I mean? And play games and stuff like that. And I've got a lot done, you know, I've played a lot of eFootball online. Um, I've played quite a lot of games that are on trial on PlayStation Plus. Nice. Um, and I picked up uh, and finished The Quarry. Obviously, if you listen to that most anticipated episode last week, um, I spoke about playing The Quarry. I finished that game now. Um, a really good game. Yep. Not as good as Until Dawn. So Until Dawn, for me, personally, is still super massive's, you know, peak at the moment. Um, but... Sorry, I'm burping at the same time. Um, but yeah, good game, beautiful visuals. But it takes too much of the um, action out of your hands. Right. You know what I mean? Which is why when I spoke about Telltale in the most anticipated episode and how they're putting a lot more action into your hands, I was really excited about that. And then obviously playing the quarry, it actually does take a lot out of your hands. So I was like, oh, but good game. Nonetheless, you should be able to pick it up cheap. Um, but that's what I've been playing. What about yourself? Myself? Well, yeah, my, yeah, like yourself, I've hardly had any time to actually really dive into any games. Um, I'm still trying to complete the uh the the campaign of horizon i've actually got to the stage now where i think we're going to the island no no spoilers but um, oh he's almost there, he's yeah, there. Is, it, is that almost there because i'm almost really, there i really don't want to get there you know and so like i've purposely been like just just pissing around and just like doing, well you like, have to mate because burning shores is fast approaching <laughs> burning shores i don't know it'll hold off as long as you've got some other um uh, errands to do or whatever. I think there's like a suit that you can build, right? Is, am I getting that right? Like if you go to the different villages and do their little missions, their little errands, their contracts, um, you yeah, get... you get a suit, you get a suit, yeah. but it's is it any not... good? Is it worth it? Because that's basically nah. what it's not worth it. It's, it's <clears> decent, <throat> but it's not worth it. There's better suits. Ah, okay. okay, all right, cool. Well, in that case, because the one I've got right now, I don't know if you said it that that full black metal one, um, mm. which. I pretty much just that's just been the OG from from the start of the game, uh, but yeah, I've been uh, yeah, so I've been obviously not trying to finish the game and, and finish the campaign because of that. Uh, but uh, what I have been playing really hard recently um, was uh, Injustice and Tekken Tekken Seven. Obviously, with the um, after seeing the trailer just pop up on my feed um, the other day, I just thought, you know, what? I need to dive back into this game. And uh, oh my gosh, Tekken Seven is just a phenomenal game. Absolutely, you've bang- got it digital, right? I've got a digital and oh okay so with my version I'm supposed to have all the characters yeah I mean I've got like the big pack but they're not unlocked so do nah, I have to, like, it's weird it's it? weird though because Tekken season passes only f- the certain packs like yeah. you might buy a bundle that says it's got like an ultimate season pass or something but yeah. then any packs that come out after are not covered by that season pass <laughs> it's, it's it's really <laughs> weird this is how <laughs> they make the money mate all, got all the characters yeah could go nah, 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 nah. this is how oh. they make the money dude you gotta buy those packs <laughs> i don't even i don't even buy them i was like fuck it i don't care about all these characters you know what i mean <laughs> you can tell how much i actually play the game in campaign mode but um but yeah uh, yeah i was kind of disappointed with that but anyway still had fun uh with ling Xiaoyu and feng uh you know 
know, just warming up, you know, for the Tekken 8 beatdown, which we'll be showing live as soon as that game comes out. Oh, Me okay. kicking your ass across the we'll nation. See. Yeah, so, we'll uh, see. but yeah, so everybody will be able to smell what the rock is cooking. Um, it's going to be a can of whoop ass. Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to dive into the first Big, oh my god, I'm so glad that this is the first item <laughs> you know, of the episode. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, can I just say that uh, even though it's a new year, Alex still makes the same fucking mistakes and misses a fucking item, and then he rewinds himself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because there is somebody else who's got a game recommendation or something, right? Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, what's that? Oh yeah, with Demi, we're going to switch over to Demi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, so... If you haven't had enough game recommendations for the whole of 2023 um, from last week's episode, I have another one for you today. So this one is called Season. This one is developed and published by Scavenger Studio. And challenging, almost Ghibli-esque vibes, Season is a game about riding around on a bicycle and discovering the world for the first time time. You play as a young woman who's lived in a secluded community but for some reason is now able to explore, take photos and make new memories. But there's not much time to do any of it in as a mysterious cataclysm is about to engulf the world for good. No pressure. But heck, it is a beautiful way to spend your last season. If you are intrigued by season, I'm happy to say that a demo is available on the PS Store. It's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? All right. Anyway, so now we're going to dive into the biggest news article, news story of the day, of the week, of the year, the most anticipated show, not for us here at the latest PS5, uh, but also across the world, because it seems like it's just been a phenomenon of a hit. And that is indeed The Last of Us, HBO's first episode which got off to a great start um with seven 4.7 million viewers recorded and given the network its second biggest debut since broadwalk empire back in 2010 so for the record uh, the only show that managed to beat the last of us was house of dragon which drummed up 9.986 million viewers uh but the series has drummed up 10 million viewers uh, over its first two days on the network in North America uh, following from the, the debut. So we're looking at 10 million people, you know what I mean? Even though it took them a couple of days to do it. Uh, Craig Mazin and uh, Neil Druckmann, uh, the producers of The Last of Us HBO, issued the following statement uh, on the good news. Um, sorry, I've just got a thing from Zoom popping up. What the hell? Anyway, um, our focus was to simply um, make the best possible adaptation of this beloved story for uh, as big as an audience as we could. We are overjoyed to see many fans, both old and new, have welcomed The Last of Us into their homes and their hearts. The Last of Us HBO has received a strong reception among critics and fans alike, 99% fresh on, and 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, um, officially making it the highest rated TV show of all time. Are you hearing that, ladies and gentlemen? And sticking with the show, PlayStation producers have brought in two the two actors who will be voiced the clickers of the show, Mr. Lee and Philip Kovats, to once again bring the marauding creatures to life in the show. Now, the question is, what did we think of the show? My gosh. Yes. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. It is that day. Alex. Oh, my God, it's that day. Has, <laughs> Alex has been so excited for um, this show. Um, it's only right we start with Alex. You have finally got your wish. Oh, my gosh. Just, 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 so, okay, 
give us the setting first. Where did you watch it? Like, how were you? What time in the evening was it? How did you feel as the opening credits started? Because that opening credit scene was wicked. You know the way that it starts. I was like, yes. Let me, let me yes. bring you back. Let me dial it back a little bit. It's the night before Christmas, and <laughs> all the little boys and girls around the world are getting ready for Santa to invade their house and drop presents off. And uh, if it was anything like us, we're putting presents together because uh, we are Santa's helpers, right? Uh, and yeah, so Christmas morning came and of all the presents I was looking for, I was looking for that one present from Santa and it did come in in the, in the the form of a reminder that The Last of Us <laughs> would be showing on the 16th on Sky Now, which is what we have over here because we don't have HBO Max. Anyway, so fast forward to this week. It was... Uh, the whole day was just full of anticipation. I just could not wait to get some time just to just watch it. Obviously, I have to wait to make sure that the kids are in bed because, you know, they're six and it's not age-appropriate material. Uh, <laughs> the missus is definitely down. I've convinced her that from the first game that she needs to watch the show because I was saying from then, from day one, yeah, that, well, from when I was playing the uh, the remastered version, right? Mm-hmm. I was saying that this game needs to be a TV show. It's just that gripping. You know, and even when she was, um, Melissa was there, um, you know, just watching me play, she was also getting, um, you know, involved as well in the story, engrossed into the story as well. Obviously not the gameplay side, but the story alone, Neil Druckmann and his team have had it on point. So I was so happy when we heard that it was going to be transferred into a TV show. Fast forward to today, well, the actual day of, it was like 10 o'clock. I think I text you actually, you know what I mean? Because I think I just... Mm. Actually, when I text you, I just put the boys down. Yeah, it was a bit late. Um, but granted, it happens. You got twins. Hmm. Um, but yeah, put the boys down. And I thought, you know what? I'm about to go watch The Last of Us. And oh my God, man, I just could not wait to just play it up. And dude, yeah, so basically in the front room, got the TV on, maxed out. Projector, boom. It's got the surround sound ready. I was ready. Got my popcorn ready as well, man. I got the missus sitting what? next to me. Yeah, we press play, man. And just... From the very beginning, man, just from pressing play, you know, I was greeted with a whole lot of bloody adverts from um, Sky and Now. I didn't want to see that shit. But anyway, when it clicked in, you know, the first scene we see is from 1963, was it? What a fucking opening scene. What an opening. I was like, okay, we're actually doing something. And this is exactly... All right, so basically, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it or have seen it, you know that basically the, the first scene we see is actually... Which precedes um, the actual game itself, and it's set in... Okay, we've got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we just want to say this now. Spoilers. You have 10 seconds to skip this story because we're going to spoil... We're going to talk about it. So I'm going to count down 10. you got to you got to forward it, otherwise we're going to spoil it. Nine, eight... Seven. Why the fuck have you not watched it for? Are you are you dumb. <laughs> Six, five, four, three. Spoilers are coming. Two. You Spoilers. can't blame us. One. Yeah. Now you talk about it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So the last of us. It starts off with a TV chat show uh, set in 1969 or 63, where we have t- uh, two actors there. Which I, I remember one of them is a British actor, Scottish guy, right? Uh, and the one on the right was from Silicon Valley. He played Big Head. But anyway, there's an interview, and the basically the conversation uh, revolves around um, fungus. Yeah, mm. it revolves around the um, there are certain funguses which are out or fungi which are in the wild, which take over certain animals um, from insects all the way to um, 
I think is it deer, but anyway, they're they speaking about insects in this one, uh, and this fungus actually gets into the brain of these insects, and it it uses the insects as a host. Not only does the fungus actually eat the body, it replaces what it's eaten with its own fungi, uh, and it then proceeds to control the insect for it to do its bidding. And there is just hordes of these these fungi around, and it's it still exists today. It's one of the most creepiest things to actually see on like the Discovery Channel, uh, and even more creeper to realize that it's actually real um and the premise was at the moment these fungi can only affect animals of this nature because of the temperature they couldn't really go over anything which is you know more around the human being temperature range which is around what 38 degrees but the, as soon as he dropped that line dude yeah, when he goes, yeah the well, line, he says, oh what was the line what was he like what was it? What was he like? just goes uh but the earth is getting warmer. What if the yeah. earth gets warmer? I was like, ooh. Yeah. The earth is getting warmer. Then there's going to be a need for these fungi to survive. There's going to be a need for them to adapt and evolve. And that was one of the most unnerving lines I've ever seen in the beginning of any show. Not, not for the fact for it's a, you know, it's going to be an amazing show, but for reality. I mean, we're, we're heating the world up every single day. Global warming is a real thing. It's a real threat. This could actually happen. <laughs> And that oh, was dude, the so it's 100% going to happen. You know it's oh, going to happen. I don't want to hear that, man. No, I don't want to hear that. I'm not saying the last of us thing is going to happen, but we are warming up the planet. There's too yeah. many people on the planet. It's going to happen yeah. regardless, and shit is going to adapt and evolve. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it was just, I, I just remember so, because I didn't watch it like like yourself. I didn't watch it um on the day. I watched it the day after. Mm -hmm. and everybody was like the opening three minutes, the opening three minutes. And I was trying to think what happens in the opening three minutes in the game. And, I, and then I, I briefly, stupidly thought, oh, please tell me they don't rush the beginning in three minutes. But they didn't. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that opening yeah. monologue it was. on the chat show was that they, they, they literally That's could not be any better way to open that show. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially after post-COVID. Exactly. You know, and he set the precedence, even though we're looking at a slightly very, well, sorry, it's a variation of our timeline. It was just so relevant. And again, uh, you know, I don't think they could have started any better. And he also set the precedence for the, the show that, yeah, we're actually going to go there. We're actually going to border the line of what we're experiencing now in reality and the game. And also, as we, you know, as the show continued, we just show how... It, it was evident how authentic they were going to be about it, you know, because mm. the next scene we see, I was going to say Ellie, it's not Ellie, is it? Sarah. Sarah. We're going to see Sarah, which was actually played by Tandy Newton's daughter. I didn't realize that, but, uh, but yeah, so, and, and yes, yeah, so it's Sarah and we're basically, it's, it's Joel's birthday and they're about to make pancakes. And I don't know if, I, don't, I just want to jump over all the places, man, but anyway, they're just having breakfast. It's their birthday, and this is like day one, or just the day before the event, right? So mm -hmm. we get to see uh, Joel for the first time, played by um, uh, pa uh, Pedro Pedro Pascal, amazing actor. Uh, obviously, we've got Sarah, and um, we've also got Tommy, who's played by I can't remember his name, but we've pretty much just been introduced to the main set of characters, for, especially for this episode. And it's just a regular day. It's Joel's birthday. And the one thing I loved about this whole scene, I mean, this whole episode, was that this was not in the game. You know, it's mm. like, this is just something different. And like, I mean, I was, I was saving this for the conclusion. But anyway, 
I love the fact that they were adding more content to it, you know, just making it its own body of work. You know, they could have easily just done it shot for shot from the game, but by them adding more elements to it, you know, giving more dialogue to Sarah, you know, so we could actually understand the relationship between her and her father, Joel, and their uncle, uh, her uncle, um, Tommy, you know, and just seeing that dynamic as well. <clears throat> what Joel did on a daily basis, you know, we realize that he's, he's a construction mm. worker. Um, and what she would what his daughter Sarah would do um because of her I guess her love for her father but also we realize that she's also like one of those um I don't know like a surrogate daughter to the um her neighbor her neighbors as well the next door neighbors um which also turns south but anyway <laughs> we'll get to that but it was just interesting that the type of world that they were building you know it was a, it all started off very safe but then slowly little by little we're seeing little indicators to say that no not everything that you think is right is right and um I love the way that they tied that in I think the first point that we realized that something was off was the very watch that she went to fix for Joel uh, and she took that after school. She took it to the the watch repair, <clears throat> and he, the watchmaker, uh, hurriedly um, fixes the watch because they're. And then she's uh, pretty much um, told to exit the shop and go home, you know. And they quickly shut the shop. And next thing you know, you start seeing sirens and fire trucks, and you start hearing airplanes all heading towards the city center. But it, this is like two thousand and three. There are no, uh, there's no social media, there's no phones. Like you're not gonna, information was just a lot slower back then, right? So you're not, you're just gonna think, oh, well, something must be happening in town. And it's only later on that we start to realize exactly what's happening, you know. And that's mm. when she heads home, right? She heads home back to, um, uh, yeah, she goes home. She goes to see the next door neighbors because they promised us that she would pass by. Um, buddy and uh, before they left to go to school <clears throat> and I don't really get to do like a beat for beat rundown of it but like all you the bloody are mate I just sat here with popcorn I was just like I might as well just listen to it now isn't no, it? No, it's crazy it's like <laughs> it's crazy yeah so obviously she goes to see the next door neighbours and uh, she sees there's a grandma there and um, I think her son and daughter whatever and the the daughter the mother I guess is is they're going to make um, cookies or whatever with, um, with I was going to say Ellie with Sarah and then Sarah then has to go and she picks up a DVD before she leaves um, as, as a present for Joel. Um, and I mean, that's just like so many Easter eggs. But anyway, she eventually goes home. She meets with Joel. Joel had a very late day um, and she was promised, uh, he promised that he'd bring a cake to celebrate his own birthday. He forgot the cake, um, but she um, gave him the watch that was fixed. Uh, a very important watch because those who play the game would know about the watch. And uh, she also handed him a DVD as well. And that DVD was very significant to those who played Last of Us 2. So, <laughs> uh, and at this point, this is when the game begins. Yeah, so she's just, it's late night. It's about 10 o'clock. Um, they've just watched the movie. Joel's had to go out to rescue his brother Tommy from uh for bail. You know, he's been in like a bar fight. Somebody apparently was swinging their arms like a crazy person, and he jumped in and ended up getting arrested. Joel ends up putting uh Sarah to sleep, and then Sarah wakes up, and that's where we are. Uh, that's where the game begins, right? That's that's the first thing that we play. Mm. You know, so that's and then from that point on, I think it was pretty much beat for beat, wasn't it? With the game well yeah yeah i mean obviously uh the first bit is obviously she's walking around the house it's the watch so obviously you're walking around the house uh and then you get the cut scene with the um the birthday gift don't you 
Um, and then it's only like a brief little thing before the proper bit starts where she wakes up. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it, it, it was it was weird. Um, but yeah, it was nice to fill out the beginning uh, of that that to get people to transition into what was going to be the beginning of the game. It was really cool. Yeah, it was. And like one of the key things, um, the reason why I was going a bit really heavy on that first part was because the thing, the first, there was a common thread, which I didn't realize until the last or the second watching, second viewing. Um, I think the first time that they had breakfast on the radio, they were talking about some, is it a plant in Indonesia? Um, mm. and, um, there's, there's some type of disruption there and apparently this plant in, in, in real life is one of the biggest producers of wheat yeah and like she was supposed to make pancakes as well but they didn't have any flour in the house so mm-hmm. um, that's your theme here before they left to go to school yeah um, the next door neighbour uh, who eventually turned into a crazy uh, zombie was being fed like biscuits like bread by her son and later on, when Ellie got back home, you know, and she went to her neighbors, she was there to make cookies. And Sarah. all these times, they didn't do any, she didn't actually consume any of this stuff. But inadvertently, um, by, and also, yeah, and when she eventually got back home to see Joel, he also forgot the cake. Now, these are three things that you will just normally just, you know, just brush past you, but it's very significant to the story. Because as we saw in the very first scene, he was talking about fungi, fungi, yeah. Mm. And in all those, the the main ingredient in all those things, and whether it's be the pancakes, the biscuits, or the cookies, or even the cake, uh, a lot of these uh, foods use yeast, yeah. And then we see the reason why the old lady flipped at the end. You know, well, not the end, but you know what I mean. Before, you know, the reason why the old lady flipped was because she was being fed biscuits, you know, and then that's what that's what turned her and that's the reason why she turned and not her son and daughter or whatever so mm. yeah so there is that that theme as well so they're, they're kind of hinting to the reason why this pandemic has happened you know uh is 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 because of wheat you know it's, it's down to what we're actually doing to ourselves the, the food that we're ingesting <clears throat> and also the the bar the bar scene as well which is what i love i mean i could i could be completely off but even with the bar scene as well we, we didn't see the bar scene but Tommy was sent to, well, obviously he was, put, he was arrested on bail because somebody at the bar went a bit crazy. I mean, most beers are made with wheat. They're made with barley, you know? So there's a concurrent theme based on the <laughs> the dietary uh, consumption of these characters. And it'll be interesting to see if they actually do tie it in. But that's one thing I realized afterwards. I was like, wow, if they're going on those levels, man, bloody hell. This is going to be an amazing show. I mean, it's something that you'd just completely look over and most people watching it would do, as I did the first time. But like, after you see it, it's like, shit, this is something different. But anyway, bar that and bar the potential storylines and threads, I I mean, that we haven't even got into um, when it flashes back to um, present day, which is like 2023, right? Uh, and we see Joel um, 50 years, sorry, 20 years later um, from that, the first day uh which obviously those who played the game realize at the end of that day when they're trying to escape the 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 city which is overrun with zombies and just pandemonium um sarah is killed by a military um officer who was instructed to pretty much just shoot and kill anybody on site um so from that point sarah dies we flash to 2023 and it's a completely different world and joel has a job which is no longer in construction but he's 
burning the body of corpses, you know, uh, of the infected. Uh, and that's where the journey begins. Oh, gosh. And that was just the first half. Jeez, we haven't even been introduced to Ellie yet. Jeez. Mm. Oh. Anyway, I'm talking too much, man. It's like, obviously, you can tell. Listeners, how... I promise, just watch. You don't need to watch the show. Just listen to Alex. He's going to tell us the whole show. <laughs> In audio format. Get it unaudible. Bloody hell, dude. No, it was just, obviously, I, I love the first game. You know what I mean? And like after what Oh yeah, I mean you've talked about it how it is. And this is this is only the, the beginning of the game, right? The first what the half an hour mm-hmm. is that. Um, but what they the Neil Druckmann and the team were able to do was just to flesh out the world, you know, flesh out the characters of it. Even more so. And like obviously it's you can tell you can tell by the reviews, like people are just connecting with the characters, both new and dude, it's modern. the highest rated. I mean, it's gonna drop, but at the moment. You, it's the highest rated TV show of all time. It's beaten Breaking wow. Bad. Wow. Breaking Bad is sitting at 98%. Last of Us is currently at 99%. <laughs> and The Last of Us has more reviews on it than Breaking Bad. That's insane. That is insane. You know what I mean? But I see what you mean. Like, obviously, for me, I was um, waiting all day to. Yeah watch it i downloaded it and i thought right i'm this is the last of us i'm gonna download it in 4k so it was 18 yeah. gig in oh, size nice. i was like i'm gonna download this i'm gonna watch <laughs> it you know and then i had the candle lights on i had the jack ready <laughs> i ate beforehand so i was nice. only focusing on drinking <laughs> and i tell you what i mean you you've mentioned a lot of things and you know the stuff you spoke about uh yeah, about the beginning okay. I'm, I'm i'm on the same page but what i really liked about the show as a whole yeah is I could relate to every scene because I played it. Yeah. Just the the one bit that hit me the most that really re- reminded me of the game yeah. was when they went into the mo- the room and she moves the wardrobe out the way so they can escape down into yeah. the tunnels to get Robert. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, I did that in the game. And it, it was just throughout that whole episode, I was just remembering the game moments. And it wasn't a bad thing because I never had a bad moment in the game, yeah. you know? So I just enjoyed it. And I want to shout out this, the, the obviously the scene with Sarah. I knew it was coming. I still got choked yeah. up. You yeah, know what I mean? Me it was that it. good. It was, was like, that good. It was that good. It was like, I think it was more what wasn't said. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously he's there trying to pick her up, and before she passes, she's in a lot of pain. And like she acts, she acts it acts to the acts. next level, man. She yeah. the sounds yeah. she's making and everything yeah. is just unbelievable. And she said in an interview that she sat down with the producers and the directors, yeah. and they worked on getting the sound right because yeah. even in the game, it's Sarah's sound that gets you like, oh fuck, yeah. she's been shot. Been you know shot, what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't normally get that in like when people get shot in like normal films they don't really show that much uncomfort you know what I mean it's just like okay yeah cool I've been shot and they just either die or they just walk it off but there you'll you're able to see the pain in her face man and like it was mm-hmm. more what um Joel didn't say you know when she actually passed you know what I mean yeah. so and I want to reverse it what I really liked about it is is actually a reverse to what you said is that they didn't change things for the sake of it like I'm talking about the minute details. I'm talking about the, the shirts and T-shirts he's wearing in scenes are the yeah. same to the game. Now, they don't have to do that, but they do that because they knew that, okay, we're going to flesh this out, but we do not want to alienate the hardcore Last of Us 
fans who are worried. So they tried to keep as like even the bricks, the color of the bricks in the buildings yeah. in yeah. the the opening settlement that they're in, you know, the 20 years later, they're the same yeah. color as what they are in the game. Yeah. You know, and if you've played the remake, you know exactly like if you've played the remake on PS5, it looks so close to the TV show. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I just love it, you know, and the show as a whole, I don't want to go bit by bit. I'll just go over the, 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 the yeah, show yeah, as a whole. Like, even even Ellie, she sounds like Ellie. I was just like, what? And the most important thing was the the cursing needed to be in there because if you go back and play the game, Ellie swears all over the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, somebody was like, oh, have you seen the teaser for number two? So I don't want to watch it. I know I what's going to, I know I know the overall story. I don't need yeah. to see any of the scenes. I just want to sit down and watch it. And I hate the fact that I've got to wait a fucking week, but I love it at the same time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but... there's, yeah, anticipation. There's actually something to look forward to now, you know what I mean? And like, and I think, I think, well, it's it may be too early to tell, but in terms of um, an entry into, you know, this world of HBO, or sorry, into world of Last of Us from a computer game. It couldn't have been any better, man. It couldn't have been any better. I can't imagine it. The only way it could have been better is if it was longer. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. I think the only one <laughs> was um, uh, Mortal Kombat. You know, the first, the recent Mortal Kombat iteration? Oh, yeah, the first five minutes. First five minutes, that was it. You know what I mean? So I hope that this first episode just consists... Dude, of- it can't, you know. Well, this is what's <laughs> interesting, <laughs> dude. The second episode is yeah. Neil, one of Neil Druckmann's episodes that he directed. Okay. Right. So it's going to be interesting, you know what I mean? And it's come out, obviously, that the original idea was to not, was to have a normal the reason they extended this first episode is HBO turned around mm-hmm. and said that it is very important that viewers see Joel and Ellie together because they yeah. don't see each other until like the hour mark it's or true. even a little bit more than that. So like they had to get that in that first episode to get yeah. the hook. You yeah. know what I mean? And viewership will drop for the second episode. It always does um yeah. on shows. But I'm excited because I'm I'm thinking about Henry and Sam I'm yeah. thinking about like how are they gonna do these side stories with like yeah, Ishmael yeah. and things like that, yeah. and obviously Alex. More importantly, now mm-hmm. we're gonna see clickers. We're gonna see what the outside world is yeah. like. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't wait. I cannot wait for the second wait, episode. But two things then before we move on. Number one, give me your rating out of ten. For 10. episode one, your oh yep, I agree with you. Ten out of ten. What was your missus thoughts on it? Uh she was choked up, especially that scene when Sarah died. But like she said, it was really good. A bit too real. <laughs> that's <laughs> the good that's the yeah, but thing is see yeah, it's funny you said that because you said the exact same thing with the Last mm-hmm. of Us two teaser trailers before you'd even played The Last of Us. Remember, you were like isn't it? Remember, you used to ask me the question: Isn't it going too far? Is and I is oh, it too violent? Of, yeah, it's true. And yeah, I used to say I to you, I says, world, yeah. I says, until you play the game and understand the context of that violence, you don't yeah. get it. And then you yeah, played yeah. it, and you were like, like "Yeah, okay, it makes sense normal. now." Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, but what about you, man? Ten out of ten, dude. Ten out of ten. I loved it. It was everything I wanted, dude. It was ten out of ten. It it could have just been the game. <laughs> but yeah. if it had uh, but it just need if it just if it was just a game it would have been i would have been like yeah seven eight out of ten yeah. that opening five minute monologue gives it the, the three points to get it to 10 out of yeah. 10 it was just perfect and then yeah. I, I love the fact that they're using the same sort of like you know the the gustavo um yeah. instruments that yeah. are in the game yeah, you know that's nice so like, yeah, you yes. hear it in the background right 
But it's every little thing. Like Anna Torv, all I could see is Olivia Dunham from Fringe. That's <laughs> all true. I could fucking hear. You know what I mean? I kept trying to watch it. I kept trying to squint. I'm like, it's Tess, a Tess. And then all yeah. I hear is Walter going, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it, man. You know, even that bit, like even like she killed it as well as Tess, because Tess don't take no shit in the game. Whoa. And when she's like, oh, I'm all busted up. And she's like, oh, no. You know, when he's gets angry when he finds out, she was like, no, 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 no. I want you to fuck him up and we're yeah. gonna fuck him up. But right now <laughs> I need you to stay it, calm. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. he's out in the wind. And I was just like, yes, they nailed Tess. She's yeah. nailing it. And dude, what happens with Tess in the game? We've got to go through that in the TV show. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I think they're going to change some things. I, I just have a feeling they're going to change quite a few things. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for I'm the second episode. To, I'm looking forward to the changes because I think it's necessary. And this is kind of one of my gripes, you know, uh, those of you who knew about the uh, the most anticipated games or game of the year episode, I I wasn't too happy with Last of Us um, the remake, you know, part one, mainly because they didn't really add any more content. You know, they, they made it look fantastic. But, but I'm happy, but dude, and, you know what? But if yes. you look at the grand scheme of things now, I'm happy yeah, they did it. it makes, you know exactly, what I mean? <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm so happy that they <laughs> saved it for this. And I, so, do you officially like, recant the Last of no, Us as your disappointment? No, I now. do not. I you stand by my statement. That game isn't as great as it should have been. It could have, they could have added something. Nah, dude, game. that game, you know what it was? It's yeah. that, the because of the way the game looked. Yeah, yeah. It just looked so beautiful. But at yeah. the same time, the sound and the new um, AI in place where it can detect enemies. It Honestly, you play the game from start to finish, it feels so more realistic. Yeah. There's still, I think in the whole time I played The Last of Us remake, I could count on one hand how many times Ellie ran in front of an enemy or something like that because it's it is smart as fuck. And obviously yeah. shit getting destroyed in gunfights and stuff. I was like, yes, this is this is yeah. what I'm the, when they're saying. Because he said it as well. He goes, to play the last to get the best experience of The Last of Us in game form, it's the remake. But to yeah. get the overall great immersion immersive experience of the whole universe you got to watch the hbo show and he's, he's yeah. he, it means it, i felt it Definitely. do you know what i mean Definitely. And, and dude can we just shout out that end seed when the camera pans out and you see the clicker on the roof yeah <laughs> sick <laughs> listeners oh my gosh yeah, yeah. before we, uh, just to let listeners know we're going to be doing this every week now for the next nine weeks okay <laughs> where the first story it's episodes? not going to be as long as this episodes? one oh yes Good, you know what I mean. Oh, it's, it's, fantastic. Yes, good it won't be as long as uh, this one because Alex won't tell you every beat for beat at the beginning. But <laughs> well, it's you know, needed. I, I, only, I only went in on it for both, obviously for the wheat theory. It needed it. It needed it. You needed it though because people because... understand what you were talking about now yeah, when yeah. you were talking about the Last of Us remake. Because before they wanted to lynch you, now they respect you. Well, Alex. It's funny, speaking of respect, I'm going to move on to number two now. Okay. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, AIAS, have announced the nominees for its 26th annual DICE Awards. The awards, which will be held on February, honor outstanding achievements in games released in the uh, calendar year 2022. This year, God of War Ragnarok leads the pack with 12 nominations. Horizon Forbidden West follows with eight nominations and Elden Ring is in third with seven. The AIAS annual awards give awards based on votes of its members, which currently number over 33,000 organized into peer panels. In terms of awards, it functions similarly to the game awards in terms of awards to different game genres and elements. 
The 2021 recipient of its Game of the Year award was It Takes Two. Now, this is all from like developers and publishers and artists. So this is the awards that it doesn't have the prestige of the general public. But if you go to any developer studio, the DICE award is front and center of everything else because that's your peers that are voting you as game of the year and things like that. So this is like the big one. So I'm going to run through really fast. We're not going to do any predictions yet. We'll do that on a latest PSX episode the week before. Okay, so I'm going to run through these categories really quick, Alex. All right. Go for it. I'll do I'll go game of the year first. So game of the year nominations, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, Vampire Survivors. Outstanding achievement in game direction, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, or Tunic. Before I carry on, I just want to say, listen to the names of these categories and you'll understand why it's better than the Game Awards. (laughs) It's just smarter. Outstanding achievement in game design, Elden Ring, God of War, Marvel Snap, Tunic, Vampire Survivors, Online Game of the Year. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, EA Sports FIFA 23, Final Fantasy 14, Endwalker, Marvel Snap, Rumbleverse. Outstanding achievement for an independent game. Immortality, Neon White, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. Outstanding achievement in story. Elden Ring, God of War, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist, Immortality, Norco. I'm sure that I Was a Teenage Exocolonist was one of Demi's recommendations a few months ago. Outstanding Technical Achievement, A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Teardown. Outstanding Achievement in Animation, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Moss Book 2. Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, COD, Modern Warfare 2, God of War, Horizon, Stray, The Callisto Protocol. Outstanding Achievement in Character, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Alejandro Vargas. God of War Ragnarok Atreus, God of War Ragnarok Kratos, Horizon Forbidden West Aloy, Return to Monkey Island, Guybrush Threepwood. Outstanding Achievement in Original Music Composition. A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War, Horizon, Metal Hellsinger, Moss Book 2. I feel like I'm going to sneeze, my nose is tickling me at the same time as I'm doing this. Immersive Reality, Technical Achievement, Among Us VR. Cosmonius High, Moss Book 2, Red Matter 2, The Last Clockwinder. Action Game of the Year. This is where they actually do the, 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 the genres properly. Action yeah. Game of the Year. Bayonetta 3, Grounded, Neon White, Sifu, Vampire Survivors, Adventure Game of the Year, God of War, Horizon, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Family Game of the Year, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Kirby's Dream Buffet, Lost in Play, Marion Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Trombone Champ, Fighting Game of the Year, Jojo, Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, Multiverses, Rumbleverse, Spider-Heck, The King of Fighters 15, Racing, yes, it has its own category, Racing Game of the Year, F1 2022, Gran Turismo 7, Need for Speed Unbound, Role-Playing Game of the Year, Citizen Sleeper, Elden Ring, Weird West, World of Warcraft, Dragonflight, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Sports Game of the Year. EA Sports FIFA 23, Mario Strikers Battle League, MLB The Show 2022, NBA 2K23, Oli Oli World. That's a lot of games, Alex, up for these awards, but I'm just happy that they haven't put racing and sports (laughs) in the same category and put it as sports. (laughs) No, it's very good. I mean, at least I've got three games to throw into it. If if, um, 
Gran Turismo didn't come out, they would have thrown it into <laughs> the sports game of the year, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, otherwise it would have just been like F1 22 with Need for Speed Unbound, uh, which was just botched together. Um, but I'm surprised that it's actually in the runnings. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it. A lot of it just looks. I don't know. On my side, it looks a bit predictable. I know Elden Ring and God of All Ragnarok. Well, I think yeah, I think you got to look at it as 2022 was a light year. Obviously, 23 won't have that issue. There'll be so many games coming out this year. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. But as you mentioned, 2022 was very bare, but it was also a year where two generation-defining games came out in Elden Ring and God of War. Yeah, and then you had a supporting cast of two big, like, triple-A Hollywood success stories, like, you know, in terms of production and its game and would win Game of the Year in any other year if it wasn't for God of War and Elden Ring in, obviously, Horizon, Forbidden West, and um, other games like A Plague Tale. You know, these games were massively critically acclaimed, but obviously just got battered by (laughs) the two generation-defining ones that come out in a year. You know, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of them in 2023. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, action game of the year, though. Um, nice to see that Sifu is in there. I think that should take it. Um, much better than Bayonetta 3. Vampire Survivors, even though I haven't played it. I mean, I think just in terms of just originality and authenticity, Sifu just had it. And obviously, I'm a bit biased because that's one of my favorite games. So, you think you so you think Sifu should win? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. What about you? Okay, so in terms of sports, then who do you think is going to take that one? Uh, football. <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> they didn't make it, man. <laughs> it should be it, on. Honestly, my son plays FIFA twenty three. It is shit. How that game <laughs> is even nominated, I don't know, man. It is bad. So yeah. anything but FIFA twenty three, I'm happy with. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But then. okay, listeners. Um, I just want to shout out to. Uh, I think you mentioned it. Um, no, you didn't mention. It. You were talking about Gran Turismo, a fighting game of the year. Dude, I had a quick blast on King of Fighters 15, man. Game's decent. I don't know. It's okay, you know. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was I went in with low expectations, but I actually enjoyed playing it. I was like, oh, this is quite fun, you know. I mean, it's a bitch to Tekken 7, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I enjoyed I mean, playing it. Really, that's not really a, a, a categories list. I mean, look at it with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Multiverse, Rumble versus Spider Heck. King of Fighters is probably the only it's gotta be mul- it's gotta be multiverse that wins yeah, that yeah, game just took it, over. Just the King of Fighters going against Tekken or Street Fighter, you know, like proper decent games, which requires mm. some skill. But um but yeah, um I'll I will give it a go. But no nah, man, it's like I'm I'm saving the special space in my heart for Tekken. I don't think I've got enough space for King of Fighters one. Uh, yeah. but anyway, um yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to them. Hopefully, um, we can actually just give the uh, results as soon as they become available. This is David Aldridge. With the highly competitive and exciting NBA season in full swing, there's no better time than now to subscribe and start listening to The Athletic NBA Show. From breaking NBA trade news to game analysis to the best interviews around the sport, we have you covered on the latest from the NBA. Plus, every morning you'll find the Daily Ding in your feed to catch you up on last night's action. So if you love the NBA, check out The Athletic NBA Show on your podcast platform of choice or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. Hello, everyone. I have a question for you. Did you know that we have a second PlayStation show called Latest PSX? No? 
Well, I have news for you. This show is exclusive to Patreon and we have new shows every single week. Over there, we deep dive into news topics, predict large shows, discuss sales numbers and much more. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I highly suggest that you become a patron, support the show and gain access to latest PSX every week. All right, then. Uh, and we're back. Uh, and listen, uh, if you don't want advertisements, why don't you consider supporting the show on Patreon and receive ad free episodes every week, uninterrupted news straight to your dome. So if you do want that, listen to the details and head to over to patreon.com. Uh, so moving on, uh, we're going to dive into Square Enix. Uh, it's rolling out a new Forspoken PS5 demo update, but will be adding a bunch of new features for the teaser, which was announced during a live stream that also confirmed updated PC specs for the game. Uh, the features include button mapping functionality, which has been added, lock on enemies uh, that move off the screen while remain locked on uh, will no longer be a thing. Certain text sizes have been adjusted and various technical issues have also been fixed. I'm so glad that they're <laughs> addressing these things like right now. Uh, yeah, because when I turned, when I played the game, the demo, the text size was puny. I was thinking, what? Is this for like, a cinema screen or something? You know what I mean? It's like who did like and how come there was no like quality control when they released this demo? You know, it really put them off on a bad light, man. So um, I'm glad that they've actually addressed these, even though it's not too long before the actual official release. Um, but anyway, uh, this is how things go. Uh, but moving on, uh, in related news, Square Enix revealed that the HDR issues experienced in the demo will also be fixed before the game's launch. Thanks to the power of the PS5, Forspoken's load time will be basically non-existent. Forspoken is developed by Luminous Productions and is scheduled to launch on the PS5 and PC on the 24th of January this year. So, in a few days... Uh, but yeah, have you seen the PC specs? <laughs> for... Yeah, but dude, you know what it is though as well. People don't realize like uh, uh, Digital Foundry did a video about uh, how 2022 was the most disappointing for game performance on PC. You know, because what people don't realize is this is a turning point. This year, this generation is a pivot turning point for PC gamers because now you cannot just up your PC's graphic card. You have to have SSD in. You yep. cannot run your PC off. No matter how fast your hard drive is now, PlayStation and Xbox are pushing SSD. Every game has to support it. And yep. you've seen it, like bad PC ports and stuff, because games are being optimized for PS5, for Xbox. They are much easier to develop for. And you are spending thousands and thousands of pounds to match a PC to a console. You know what I mean? That's and. Console. Uh, these games and especially when a game is specifically made for ps5 yeah. your ssd you know you 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 need mad pc you know you need a um yeah exactly PC. What it is. yeah yeah so basically for the ultra spec yeah this enables you to run the game um at 4k at 60 frames per second you're going to need to get a, a geforce 4 um rtx 480 with 16 gigabytes of RAM, 32 gig of memory, uh, and not to mention, uh, or if you've got the AMD, uh, you're going to need a RX um, 6800 um, XT, and that's what they recommend, and make sure that you've got like a decent processor as well, like on the i7s, the latest generations, the 12th generations, or a Ryzen 5. Um, or, 5, listeners, 
you can make it easy and just get a fucking PS5. You know what I mean? That yeah. way you don't have to worry yeah. about all this shit. You <laughs> and you, with the PS5, you get the DualSense controller with it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so there you go. There's your 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 life hack for this year. Uh, make sure you get a PS5. And the good thing is, there's a lot more of these out in the wild now, you know. And this, I think, is going. This year is definitely going to sway um, a lot of uh, punters towards the PS5 because I mean, look at those. Just the price for those things. I mean, you look at into the grands, and that's just for it to get to a decent level, which you could get for like what five hundred quid, five hundred, six hundred quid on the PS5. You do the math, people. You do the math. I I feel like shit's just gone bad for worse for, for spoken. I feel like it's a it's it's a brave game because they're just trying something new. They that they've made, and I think once people really get into it, because I have spoken to people about the demo because I haven't really played it myself. I played it and I switched it off, um, and they're like, no, once you get into the parkour and that, it's such a fun game. I was like, cool, cool, but the first hours leaked online, and <laughs> people are like, the dialogue shit. You know what I mean? Um. Just give it time, people. You know, let's wait. Let's wait to see what the reviews are saying. Um, but it's one of those. Don't be swayed by other people's opinions. If you were intrigued by Forspoken, play it. You yeah, know, yeah. it's not. It's not for me. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a proper trial um, in the in PlayStation Plus Premium to get an opportunity to play the game. So it's one of them. Um, but also, yeah. You can already tell that Square Enix is not really focusing on this today. I mean, it's all about Final Fantasy 16. And mm. uh, that is where they're going to be pushing all their resources. And speaking of resources, uh, we have a bit of news from the uh, Hogwarts Academy. You're taking my uh, transitions away from I'm me. I'm trying to do this, but I'm trying to hold them over. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the view to rate? Was that any decent? <laughs> Was that good? Crap. All right, listeners. Number four. Portkey Games has announced the Hogwarts Legacy PS5 graphic modes ahead of its highly anticipated launch in February. It's pretty standard stuff for PS5 games these days, with Fidelity mode offering uh, 30 frames per second and Performance mode targeting 60 frames per second. Furthermore, the studio has confirmed that VRR has support for compatible TVs. Thank you. (laughs) Moving on, the official Hogwarts Legacy art book has been leaked, revealing a batch of new info on the upcoming fantasy RPG, including its game length, side quests, and more. According to the art book, Hogwarts Legacy will take players around 35 hours to complete the campaign, with around 75 hours when taken into consideration all side quests for 100%. Images also reveal an early version of the game world map, an inventory menu, and character biographies. Details on the game's side quests and missions are also within the book, but don't worry, we're not going to talk about them here. But if you do want to find out about that sort of stuff and ruin it for yourself, just go onto Google and search it. You'll find it. You know what I mean? And then finally, even though the game is not out until February, retail giant Amazon has revealed that the upcoming fantasy RPG is already its best-selling game on PS5 at the time of writing. That's oh. quite impressive. It is. Oh. And I- I think it's pre-orders, right? Uh, yeah. And it's quite impressive considering the Dead Space remake is just around the corner from EA, yeah, uh, which currently ranks in second place for it. Um, beyond PS5, Hogwarts Legacy is second best-selling on Xbox Series X and S behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, while on Steam, the Harry Potter Universe set title is currently number one, outselling its closest paid game, Modern Warfare 2. Hogwarts Legacy, Hogwarts Legacy, sorry, is scheduled for release on February the 10th for PS5, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. Alex, we're getting closer. I want to see what Hogwarts reviews at because this game looks 
really good. <laughs> you I know think, what I mean? I think, you know, the thing is, I think people are going to give it ridiculously high reviews because it has it has a piece of people's hearts, right? I mean, we're talking about a legacy character now, right? This is mm. Harry Potter world. The Harry Potter franchise is massive. It's like the Star Wars um, franchise, you know? Um, people have an emotional connection to it, so they're just going to rate it highly regardless. And look at those figures. I mean, already the game's not even out. You know, it's mm. not even out, and it's it's you know it's. Well, I pre-ordered it today. Uh, my son said to me, <laughs> he saw the new, he saw the new CGI trailer, yeah. and he goes to me, um, because I'm old school, so I I was gonna go to game and trade in the quarry after finishing it. You know, you gotta get every penny and every pound, right? You want to get for these games, and he watched the new CGI trailer. He was like, I really want Hogwarts. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll pre-order it then. So I pre-ordered it today. So I was like, you know, I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be flying around in one of those broomsticks or whatever. Um, yeah. He will. I'm just I'm just gonna play vicariously through him. <laughs> There's gonna be bits that he's not gonna be able to do, but you're gonna. Be like, That's oh, why I'm gonna do it. That's why I'll be there. I'll be there to just help him. Yeah, but I'm glad. I'm glad he's getting a lot of love, and obviously, um, you know, hopefully, we start to see a lot more of this type of excitement for the PS5 as well uh, coming this year. Uh, with other games and uh, you know beloved franchises uh, which we've already spoken about in previous episodes football is so much more than just the score and the same is true of the live score app you probably know live score for real-time updates and in-play stats but what about their pre and post-match offerings we're talking breaking team news, player stats, match highlights, lineups, and live league tables all rolled into one match page. And don't miss exclusive content on all things football, from the latest transfer news to expert analysis and insights, only on Live Score's watch section. Download the free Live Score app from the App Store or Google Play. Live Score, it's more than a score. Selling your car doesn't have to mean haggling with strangers or pretending to be a car connoisseur. Simply sell your car the motorway way. It's the new sell your car from home way. All while car dealers compete to give you the best price way. It's the you could get up to £1,000 more way. The your car gets picked up from home way. By the way, did we say it's the completely free way? This is the new way to sell your car. This is the motorway. Sell your car at motorway.co.uk. Hey everyone, now I'm going to keep it real with you for a sec. There's nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with my friends and spilling all the tea. For that reason, let me introduce to you The Rumour Mill. This is a show that is exclusive to Patreon. Now, we know that the latest PS5 show is dedicated to actual news, but the rumour mill is all about the juicy rumours in the video game industry. Our hosts sit down and discuss the biggest rumours there is, so if you enjoy a little tea being spilled, become a patron, support the show, and gain access to the rumour mill each month. And we're back, and as Alex mentioned earlier, if you don't want any advertisements in your episodes, why don't you consider supporting us on Patreon? The link is in the description, and you get ad-free episodes, not just for this show, but all our other PlayStation shows every week with no ads in it whatsoever. But Alex, you just spoke about Harry Potter and a legacy. Now, speaking of legacy, Sony looks like they're expanding their VR legacy, and you've got a story for us. Nice rollover. Okay, yeah, so Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced that the PSVR 2 will arrive with 
more than 30 games during its launch window and has confirmed 13 extra games that will form part of that lineup. Here's the full list of games by the PlayStation blog. Grab yourself a cuppa and uh, let's get to it. Uh, starting with number one, after the four, Al- Altair Breaker, uh, Before Your Eyes, Cities VR, Cosmonius High, Creed Rise to Glory, the Championship Edition, The Dark Pictures, Switchback VR, Demio, Dyschronia, the Kronos Alternate, Fantavision uh, 22X, Gran Turismo 7, I'm sure there's a lot of people looking forward to that one. This next one definitely is, has massive um, expectations. It's Horizon Call of the Mountain, uh, obviously following from Horizon Forbidden West, uh, and it's from the clips that we've seen. Jeez, it looks amazing. Um, Job Simulator, Jurassic World Aftermath, Kayak VR, Mirage, Kazuna AI, Touch the Beat, The Last Clockwinder, The Light Brigade, uh, purchase includes PSVR 2 and versions as well, uh, Moss 1 and 2 Remastered, uh, NFL Pro Era, free PSVR 2 upgrade, No Man's Sky, Pavlov VR, Pistol Whip, Puzzling Places, uh, which is a free upgrade, Resident Evil via free update to PS5 version of RE Village, uh, Res Infinite, Song in the Smoke, Star Wars, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, Synth Risers, which is also a free upgrade, The Tale of Onogoro, Tentacular, Tetris Effect, banging game, Thumper, The Walking Dead, uh, sorry, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, <laughs> Chapter 2 Retribution, uh, Vacation Simulator, What the Bat, Zenith, The Last City, which is also a free upgrade. And just to note that the PSVR 2 will launch on February the 22nd of this year in both US and Europe. So make sure you get your pre-orders in if you can. Uh, but yeah, that's the list of the uh, the games that you can expect to play um, for the PSVR 2, which is nice to see. A couple in there, which I think will definitely um, satisfy some punters. Um, but out of those games, any that tickle your fancy, mate? Uh yeah, I mean if I if I was getting the VR, I would be picking up Tetris Effect because you'd never stop playing that game. Okay. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy Galaxy's Edge yeah. is one of them. Pistol Whip, definitely. Uh Moss one and two remaster, Jurassic World Aftermath, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Gran Turismo 7, Fantavision 22X, because it reminds me of the PS2 launch. It's a bit of nostalgia there. Um, yeah, that's it at the moment. Um, like I said, I think I've made the smart decision on not picking it up at launch uh, and just waiting to see what software comes out over the first year before picking it up. Okay, interesting. You know what's kind of... After seeing that clip that you sent through about uh, Horizon, Call of the Mountain. It looks so mad, doesn't it? Sick, man. I was like, how are they going to do it? Is it going to be on rails? But no, it looks like you've got freedom to move wherever you want and you've got the movement to, you know, to draw your bow and let it go and obviously with both controllers featuring the haptic feedback as well as the resistive triggers it's looking like it's going to be an, a phenomenal experience which will definitely set the bar which was presumably um held by is it half-life alex you know in mm-hmm. terms of the most immersive vr game so that right there kind of got me so if they come out with a decent trailer i might be convinced you know what I mean? just to get it day one um, well dude i mean what almost convinced me was a comment by the guy who designed the Oculus VR who turned around and said he was blown away oh, <laughs> by shit. PSVR 2. The fact that he turned around <laughs> from a com- 
from from Meta and said, "Yeah, it blew me away." Tells you that oh, this this shit is serious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, and which is also serious as well is if you are still listening, thank you very much. If you'd like to sh- like, share, and subscribe, definitely hit that like button because we love to hear some uh, something from y'all. So uh, definitely hit that like. And if you do have anything to say about anything that we've been speaking about, let us know about what games that you're looking forward to on this PSVR two. Uh, please let us know in the comment section below. But uh, moving on, we go back to that melodrama every week. <laughs> I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Got my mind set on you. But it's gonna take money. Uh, so number six, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. It's back to the future. Microsoft's <laughs> attempted purchase of Activision Blizzard continues to see trouble as Reuters reports that the EU is likely to release an antitrust warning to the Windows company over the deal. According to Reuters sources, a document known as a charge sheet is being prepared, which will include objections from the EU regarding the acquisition. Though this could be the the latest big thing to help block the deal, Microsoft could prove again how willing it is for the deal to close and make even more concessions to make the EU happy enough to approve the deal. It was also recently revealed that NVIDIA and Google relayed concerns of their own to the FTC, which is currently suing Microsoft over the deal. I don't want to talk about this anymore. We're just bringing <laughs> you the news on that side of things. But what's what? it's funny because Microsoft, are spending hundreds of millions on PR, right? To make over the last decade to make themselves more relatable, likable, lovable, great place to work, you know, and stuff like that. And then they just sometimes do things which are really stupid or the timing is just wrong. I mean, this Activision saga is hilarious because when they, they hear something they don't like, somebody from high up releases a set statement, says something stupid and then retracts it. You know what I mean? Or quickly have to change it, you know? And that's happened again because they've gone quiet. They're trying to make the concessions to get the deal to go through. They're mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, one of the things that Sony said um, and other companies have said in the argument is talent and yeah. Microsoft talking about how they retain talent. And then the story comes out that they're letting go or they have let go, sorry, of 10,000 staff majority from the video game division, um which is insane and a lot of that was also from bethesda and i'm like they haven't even released a fucking game under you besides (laughs) death loop and thingy you know why are you flipping out you know and it's funny because it goes back to everything we spoke about and i will keep saying this and i'll say over and over phil spencer cannot run development studios in his position because he hasn't been able to ever since he took charge he's just opened a checkbook and swung his dick around and bought people. But Microsoft's first party is in its worst ever state that it has been in under his tenure. They've bought all these companies for billions and billions and billions. And the only one that seems to be reaping anything back is Mo Yang with oh. Minecraft. Minecraft. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, now you think to yourself, shit, you got Sony who spent $3 billion 
dollars on Bungie, a billion of which is to make sure that the staff are still there and kept there and the talent is there. And then yep. you got Microsoft who bought Bethesda for eight billion and is already getting rid of thousands of employees. And then to the point where you actually have developers from Microsoft Studios bitching at Microsoft on social media. And Microsoft can't do a thing about it because they turned around and says that we're a company that allow people to speak their minds, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't they've opened forum to themselves. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just they're getting hit by people from 343, from all their studios who aren't happy about the situations and stuff. But, I mean, forget the Microsoft Activision stuff. That's just going to carry on, and we're going to probably say something again next week and the week after and the week after. Yeah. But, I mean, what's your thoughts in regards to the timing of the staff being let go while this is all happening? Well, yeah, it's obviously they wouldn't have liked this um this this current news article to come out um about them you know another blow for their for their deal uh during a time when a lot of tech companies are going through massive layoffs when i think it all started with was it elon musk and twitter um which you know he i believe oh he, he just sent, took it on another level he did <laughs> oh but he was sent in there because twitter was in dire straits you know and like they all blamed him for the amount of losses you know what i mean the, the amount of uh, um people the layoffs that he had to do but you've seen it ripple through the through the whole industry i mean you've got twitter doing it you've got amazon you've got um now microsoft we've had facebook as well you know it's like we're just seeing a massive shift in the the whole uh it industry um and especially now that we're seeing the birth of ai as morpheus put it in matrix um you know in the form of chat gpt and the possibilities of this service it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how the uh, AI now shapes um, the industry going forward, especially when you look at computer games as well. I mean, I don't know, many listeners have probably have been using ChatGPT. If you've been able to get onto it, it's a phenomenal service. Uh, but I think we are witnessing definitely like the dawn of a revolution, you know, in terms of um, digital entertainment, uh, the digital economy, and it, this is just the beginning, you know, and for it to happen at the beginning of 2023, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the next 12 months. But um, I, my heart does go out to all those who have lost their jobs, uh, unfortunately, through this whole transaction with Microsoft. Hopefully they do uh, are able to uh, find a replacement or, you know. Well, another... the good thing is, obviously, it was so funny. Sony, super quick as they normally are, loads of the first party studios put job listings on social <laughs> media on the same yeah, day. Um, yeah, Naughty yeah. Dog, Gorilla, Spend, yeah. they all put job offer like yes. job postings. <laughs> just to wind them up a little bit. Yeah. But I mean it's it's also from a business standpoint, dude, as well, because we're coming up to the end of the financial year. CEOs, shareholders, all their bonuses are tied to how much money are they saving or are they hitting certain quotas? I mean it's funny because Microsoft said it was cost-cutting measures, but then the CEO took a fifty-four million pound, fifty-four million dollar bonus, which would have covered all of them, and then and he still would have walked away with like forty million. You know, what I mean? it's crazy. But yeah, sure it's the catch. same thing that we spoke about last year with Activision. It's what you hear from EA, you hear it from Sony, you hear it from everywhere. You know, they all do it. It's all cost-cutting measures. But I'm surprised Microsoft have when there's rumours that Starfield is going to be delayed again, Halo is unplayable. I'm just like, what have you done to your <laughs> IPs? I mean, you look at Sony and Nintendo as benchmarks. Nintendo have, a, you know, the, I call it the one-hand set of games, you know, five games in one hand that they just care and caress year 
Let me rephrase that with Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Let me rephrase that. It's not year after year, it's generation after generation with Nintendo, right? You have Sony who it took them until PS4 to get it right in terms of because obviously they had so many different things, but it wasn't until they hit the PS4 generation where they really nailed their own version of that. Microsoft, they they had it and shot it all to death. They cut the fingers off Halo. They've pr- practically killed it. Gears of War, they've practically killed it. Forza apparently is delayed till 2024. Yeah, I was like, hey, where did that go all of a sudden? Is it that? And I'm just like, it makes me laugh because I look at all these people online who were shitting on Gran Turismo 7 saying it's too realistic. It's not realistic. And then if you're going to bitch about a game that plays like Gran Turismo 7, all you can say is it's too realistic. You know what I mean? But I'm just like it's it's a fun story to watch because yeah. I want Microsoft to do well because my, a good Microsoft is a reactive Sony, which is great for the industry, right? But the problem is we've got a question coming up at the end of the show from a listener, which we'll kind of get into on that front. But Microsoft are just making it too it's so easy to the point where Sony didn't even hold a showcase in 2022 because they didn't need it. <laughs> they did not need a showcase in 2022 because there was no competition from anywhere. Quick question. Quick question. Because... Quick question. Do you think that this is Microsoft's last attempt to remain in the game industry? No, no. Spending... You don't spend. You don't spend the money they've spent to get out. I think they want. I think they don't want to release hardware anymore. But you alienate yourself because of the requirement to play online and the internet infrastructure around the world. I still think we're like five, six, seven years away from that happening. Yeah. From a decent perspective, anyway. Um, but I just think what I think honest to God, dude, I'll say it straight. The problem is the man at the top. I like Phil Spencer. He does a lot for the games industry. He's a nice dude, he's a gamer himself. But the way Microsoft employees talk about him, the way he's portrayed in the Xbox documentary, which I watched, because mm. it's like four hours long and I watched it, it's all, I don't know, it's like it's all scripted and everything. And, it, it, okay, let, let me take it, let me let me put it this way to you, okay? Mm. Take the Bethesda deal you can keep in because it hasn't garnered any fruit. Take yeah. the Mohang deal out. Yeah. What's he done? That's it. He didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't sit there and say, "Let's make Game Pass." He opened yeah. a checkbook for his engineers who came up with an idea to let's do Game Pass. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he talks a good game, and he talks, and he talks, and he talks. But then they fuck it up and fumble it at the final. Hololens was the big thing. They fumbled it. Halo yeah. Infinite was the new the new beginning of Halo. They fumbled it. We're going to buy Bethesda for just under nine billion, and it's going to be great. They fumbled it. They yeah. bought all these developers, and we're going to see them hit it. But it's taken so much money and so long. Now you put that money and that checkbook in front of the guy who's currently running Nintendo. You put that money in front of Shuhei Yoshida, who did the PS4, or Jack Tretton, or Jim Ryan, and you see the difference between them. Nintendo and Sony. Even to an extent, EA mm. and other companies that are big, 2K and that, are running much better ships than yeah. Microsoft with less budget. You know what I mean? And you know what it sounds. My... Carry on. It just sounds like it. No, it 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 feels very familiar. Yeah, back in the day, 
roll it back to about what 20 years ago when it was the two dominators was nintendo and sega yeah and sega even though it was a japanese company when they gave a lot of control to america they were kind of i mean they were shooting from the hip they were trying to do the best just to you know just throw as much money on the table and just to try and win the game but they didn't have that skill that finesse you know that industry veterans you know those who've been who've grown in the industry you know they've got roots deep in the industry um no uh, like the likes of uh, sony uh which was sorry like the likes of nintendo who've had it for a while obviously uh but now like you mentioned sony you know it's like there's a um i'm just but dude i'll tell you what with sega though i tell you something with sega sega were very smart sega japan had a lot of say on it. And when they gave that power to America, they were so forward thinking. I've never, like Sega were doing shit in the early 90s that didn't even come to fruition to Microsoft and Sony and that until 2000s. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, Sega were competitive. It wasn't until Street Fighter 2 came out that things changed in Nintendo's favor. And Sega made the big mistake of fucking trying to go up against the Game Boy. Why? Why would you go up against the Game Boy? Because you can release the greatest games machine ever. If you don't have Tetris on it, you aren't beating the Game Boy. Do you know what I mean? And at that time, in that era, Tetris was the modern day Minecraft. You know what I mean? Everybody had to get their hands on Tetris. (laughs) That's true. I think think if this deal doesn't go through, you know, even though they spent a whole lot of money acquiring all these different developers, just the the temperature for uh, Microsoft, especially in the industry. I mean, you look at the sales in Japan. I mean, they're abysmal. Microsoft doesn't even want PS4 to... is selling more than the exactly, Xbox yeah. Series. Yeah. Exactly. Microsoft, as we know, they don't talk about sales figures, right? It's always about <laughs> um, user engagement, interaction, you know what I mean? And realistically, how long is that going to keep them going if they don't have the likes of Call of Duty within their grasp? Dude, it's I'm telling you, like, right, they no went... When Sony released their financials, when Nintendo released their financials, they will release it game by game, console mm-hmm. by console, hardware by hardware. You will get an absolute immaculate breakdown of every yeah. single thing to the to the single controller that has been sold by these companies. Microsoft is under entertainment division, so you cannot get a breakdown of their software and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You cannot see the revenue for Game Pass or anything like that because it's all hidden and skewed and stuff, which is hilarious. But the only thing they keep talking about how they're in growth, they're in growth. It is not because of Game Pass. People don't realize it is because of Minecraft. Minecraft yeah. is what is keeping that division going, keeping it funded and keeping it profitable. People don't understand how big Minecraft is. If there's anything bigger than GTA, it's fucking Minecraft. Do you know what I mean? And that will just continuously bring money in and you see it. And the money that you they, they make from Minecraft toys, Minecraft merchandise, that's all going to, you know, it's all under that division under Microsoft, you know. Yeah. And they've got, a, they've got a showcase coming up. I think it's the end of January, uh, the develop the digital developer diary or whatever, where they've talked about um Redfall sure. and other games. So we are gonna see some stuff. And 2023 is a year where Microsoft do need to act. I think the next few years you'll see a great output from Microsoft. But the question is, will that output match the gravitas of a new Mario or The Last of Us or even to a third party extent, a Final Fantasy or a FromSoft game. Because yeah. the one thing that Sony 
and companies like FromSoft and 2K with Red Dead and that have done is, as I mentioned it before, you have those genre or generation-defining games. Nintendo's generation-defining game this generation is Breath of the Wild and Mario. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the Mario game. Um, Odyssey. Odyssey. Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. Sony's, obviously, you've got uh, God of War and to a lesser extent horizon for them um, obviously yeah. the last of us is there but it hasn't come to this generation obviously but the last of us was one of them from the previous i count that as a last generation not this generation yeah. um but then you got the third parties you know like red dead redemption 2 was uh, generation defining elden ring generation defining you know blood Bowl. all these games are like there microsoft don't have it yet starfield sounds like it can be their one but it just keeps getting fucking delayed over and over again, which makes it worrying. And now they're letting people go from the developer. You're like, huh, okay, this don't sound good. <laughs> See, the you main staple, man, being like Halo is like faltering. You know, they they, they let a, a lot of they let a lot of the campaign um staff go. You know, it's like, how do you do that? You know, at least mm. keep the campaign stuff, you know, not at least they can bolster it. But what Microsoft don't have, which Nintendo and now Sony do have is expanding franchises you know they're going into different mediums obviously we've got the last of us now you know with uh, hbo max and obviously nintendo's gonna be releasing a billion dollar film no doubt when when it releases with in the likes of mario and uh, we're gonna do a prediction on that i was thinking about that today and i was thinking how much money will mario make i don't think a billion but i do think it will be the highest grossing video game adaptation on in the cinema of all time which means it's gonna top six seven eight hundred it's gonna top uh, is it warcraft has it at the moment at like 600 million or something so i think it'll be about seven eight mark my words it's gonna be a billy we were talking about a character who's as popular nah, 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 nah. i think well like who is more popular than mario right now the make or break is china no, I do actually. I take it back. I do think it will break a billion, just because oh, how big it is in Japan. Like, no, it took me. Dude? It took me a time to register Japan for a second there. Like I was like, I was like, what am I thinking about Japan? Everyone in fucking Japan is gonna go and watch that film. Everyone. And it, so I remember this. Yeah, yeah. it will break a billion. No, Alex, it's not gonna touch Avatar money, but no, no, it's gonna no. break yeah, a billion. I'm gonna say that because I think Disney's got a lot to say. I mean, you know, in terms of propping up that number, but definitely they're gonna break a billion. And remember, it's a family film. You know what I mean? You're looking at four to five tickets per sale. You know what I mean? So. They're going to be, and that's going to go worldwide. They've got the Super Mario. Dude, can you imagine if it doesn't beat Sonic? Oh, that would be Ooh, a kick. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be a kick. If it does up. come out and it just bombs. Oh my god! Now you know why. You know why it's gonna. It's gonna. It will break a billion because it's it's made from the guys who did Minions, isn't it? And they they their films do like eight nine hundred million from the Despicable Me stuff. So they'll market it perfect. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've already got um, is it McDonald's doing the toys? I mean, they're prepping it now, so they're on to this man. They're, they're gonna make sure that it, it definitely makes the money back. But uh, speaking of making money back, whether you're searching for record players or pianos, how you pay matters. Visa helps protect you from payment fraud online. Visa, a network working for everyone. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Demi and I am back delivering the UK top 10 sales charts of the week. Are you excited? Me too. Let's just jump straight into it. Alex, you might want to get your tissues at the ready, sweetheart, because Grand Theft Auto 
is still in the top 10, clinging to that 10th spot. I'm going to let you just grieve for a second. Okay, moving on. We have Pokemon Scarlet at number nine with Animal Crossing New Horizons at number eight. At number seven is Minecraft with Pokemon Violet at number six. And Nintendo Switch Sports seems to be climbing up the chart. It is at number five with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe racing up to the fourth spot. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is at number three. And last week's number one took a 38% sales dip, which puts it into the runner-up spot this week. It is God of War Ragnarok with drum roll fifa 23 back at number one it seems like every week it is a war between fifa 23 and god of war ragnarok for that number one spot but folks new year pretty much the same chart catch me next week for the update get ready for the next battle and uh, thank you very much, Demi, for this week's charts. I'm very happy about pretty much nine out of ten of those results, uh, and ten being the key number. Uh, those of, well, uh, listeners of the show will know that Grand Theft Auto Five is a bane of mine, and it should be a bane of yours too, because you know we want to see Grand Theft Auto Six, but some other lovers out there keep buying this motherfucking game, and it's back in the top ten. So. Please, people. Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh, if you oh, are a Patreon, <laughs> so what me and Alex are going to do is this week, if you are on Patreon, head over there. Uh, the best-selling games around the world of 2022 are listed by me and Alex. And yes, Grand Theft Auto is in every fucking chart <laughs> that we're going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. So if you are a Patreon, you've got extra episodes to listen to. If you're not a Patreon, head over to Patreon, the, click the description link. It'll take you straight to the page, help support the show, and you'll get all these extra episodes. Find out what the best-selling games around the world of 2022 are. And Alex's vein is popping out of his head because he knows Grand Theft Auto. And it charts fucking high. I like I'm going to one of those zombies on HBO. <laughs> you know, Last of Us. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's roll on to the letters. Well, before you move on, just oh. a highlight. Yeah, just yeah. a highlight, Al. Our, our, our nice little game, Detroit Become Human, has passed. 8 million copies sold worldwide. Hey guys, so I must say, I am so happy and excited to bring the letters back into the episodes. So... This is my favourite part of the show, of course. Now, we have a couple here tonight, just jumping straight in. We have Elliot from Oxford, England. They say, hello, latest PS5 team. I was introduced to your podcast by a friend and the first episode I listened to was the Game of the Year episode. Yes, I am a new listener. Yeah, very new. My question relates to a different episode entirely and is for a specific host. The episode, Most Anticipated Games of 2023, the host, Demi. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I listened to the episode and I was very impressed with your choices. They are unique and also similar to titles I'm excited for. I then went through a number of older episodes and listened to your game recommendations. All very impressive. Thank you. So to my question, how do you become aware of these games and why do you not recommend the bigger titles such as Dead Space or Hogwarts? Keep up the great work team. I shall be one of the many waiting impatiently for your weekly episode. P.S. Alex, ASD does sound like a joke. I told you. <laughs> I, I told you. It does. DSA for the win. Um, but as for your question, Elliot, so you know what, what it is? I first became so interested in teeny weeny small indie games 
when I was like 12, 13, and I used to watch playthroughs back when like Markiplier only had under a million subscribers and I was just so fascinated um, because I just think they bring something super fresh and super new. Um, so I am always on the lookout for the developers that are smaller, ones that may not have, you know, big enough revenue to even make the charts do you know what I mean um because you know I do that but yeah it's always become so interesting and obviously I have a specific genre that I am super super interested in so I am always on the lookout for something fresh and new and innovative I just think bigger games I mean as amazing as they are they are all kind of the same it's almost quite predictable and I feel like these smaller developers they really have some fresh ideas and something that I personally haven't seen before and you know from the first time I watched you know or played a game from one of these developers they're massive now do you know what I mean so who's to say but I'm really really glad that we share the same interests and um, I hope you like this week's game recommendation as well and of course you can always check out my game recommendations every single week you do not know everything boy Next up is Omar from Toronto, Canada, and they say, hi, Demi and the boys. Hi, loved last week's episode and loads of the games mentioned I didn't even know about, but man, am I excited about them now. Shout out Under the Waves and Deliver Us Mars. Woo! What do you think PlayStation has in store for us in 2023 from a reveal stance? Surely they can't be quiet for another whole year. Great question, Omar. Um... We kind of touched upon it as we were talking, as we went on that crazy tangent, as we started talking about Microsoft and the Activision deal and stuff. But again, I'll say it: Sony did not need to pull out a showcase in 2022. Two reasons why. Well, there's three reasons why. Number one, and it's always the most important one: assets aren't ready. Okay, we know Spider-Man Two assets are ready, but they're not going to show that by itself. They're going to show it in a big showcase. Number two. There was no threat from competition because Microsoft weren't doing anything last year. So they didn't need to do that. And Alex said it a few weeks ago, they're, all their eggs were in the God of War basket anyway. And they had two big guns with Horizon and God of War. And they did that perfect with the state of plays. And then number three, there was no fucking hardware. So why are you going to do a showcase if you haven't got any hardware to sell? Mm. But 2023, you've got Microsoft's developer showcase at the end of this month where they're going to show some games. You've got Nintendo Zelda game coming out. You 2023 should be one of the most combative years amongst these three that you're going to see. We're going to get gaming news all year round. And I do think we'll get a showcase from Sony because they've got to show us factions. They've got to show us Spider-Man 2. I cannot wait, Alex, to see <laughs> that. And that's it. We, we've got to see other things. They haven't announced anything else. But you've got to remember, they've got other games from third party that they've got tied down. Final Fantasy 16, Rise of the Ronin, all these games, you know, that Sony have tied down that they're going to show. Some will be in state. I think you're probably going to get three or four state of plays this year, as you do, probably more, um, because they do their indie focus ones. They do their in-depth ones, which they'll probably do for like Final Fantasy 16 and other games. But I do think we'll get a big showcase this year. Uh, cannot wait for it. Yeah, what about you think? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, as we mentioned in the app, I mean, uh, we're looking at what the likes of Resident Evil 4, which is going to be absolutely phenomenal, Dead Island 2, Street Fighter 6, Forspoken, even if it's slightly broken, Hogwarts Legacy is going to be absolutely massive, and like you mentioned, the big killer franchises within the likes of Spider-Man 2, when that drops, oh my days, it's going to be sick, and not to mention the whole slew of VR games. That are going to be uh, entertaining our eyeballs and different senses uh, because, again, Sony is opening the doors up to innovation, you know, and we're going to be looking at a unit which is, you know, smacking the jaws off even the creators of the Oculus Rift, you know. So if that's anything to go by, 2023 is going to be an amazing year, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Well, that is the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the very end, like Demi said, and like we've all said throughout the show. Like, comment, and share. If you know anybody who needs to get this PS5 news into their skulls, just let them know. Uh, and like we said, uh, hop over to Patreon for any additional info. But yeah, we'd love to hear you. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Um, but yes. If you do have any thoughts about any of the things that we've spoken about this week, uh, whether it be The Last of Us, HBO, Episode 1, what were your thoughts about it? The Dice Award nominations. Are you down with those? The Hogwarts updates. Are you actually looking forward to Hogwarts, the game? Is that going to be on your 2023 list? And as always, uh, it may be a new year, but we're going to be talking about Activision throughout the whole of this year. You know, So hopefully Microsoft does manage to get this job done. Let us know your thoughts. Bad and good. We'd love to hear from you. But until then... Before, before actually wrapping up because we're starting off 2023 strong I'm going to throw it over to you mate for the last word of the day ah, ladies oh. and gentlemen the last word is watch The Last of Us on HBO because it is fucking unbelievable I mean you ain't seen this level of quality since Fringe that's all I'm saying good, job. good night everybody oh and customary Alex is shit attacking good night <laughs> Hello everyone, I have a question for you. Did you know that we have a second PlayStation show called Latest PSX? No? Well, I have news for you. This show is exclusive to Patreon and we have new shows every single week. Over there we deep dive into news topics, predict large shows, discuss sales numbers and much more. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I highly suggest that you become a patron, support the show and gain access to latest PSX every week. Station.